Hey guys, Zach here. I want to invite you to join me at Element 451's Engage Summit on June 27th and 28th in Raleigh, North Carolina. When it comes to the student experience, we know that you want to be a trusted guide from recruiting all the way to graduation. Well, the Engage Summit brings the best minds in higher ed together to give you the strategy and tools that you need to create a cohesive student experience from start to finish. Explore the latest technologies, increase your skill set, and gain insight into today's students to deliver the most powerful and personalized digital engagement experience every step of the way. This is not your standard ed tech user conference. This is a dynamic, inspirational, an empowering event for all higher ed marketers and admissions professionals. I'll be presenting at this year's event along with some of your favorite higher ed LinkedIn and Twitter follows. You can learn more about this event and register for it at engage.element451.com. Oh, and you can get $50 off your registration when you use the discount code Enrollify50. That's Enrollify50 at checkout. So go ahead, check it out, RSVP at engage.element451.com. Looking forward to seeing you all there. Pat Gomez, we are live, dude. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you very much for having me, Zach. Like I feel like we uh, we started pretty formal, but um, we're we're not really formal because we spend a lot of time together. We spend you know hours slacking, zooming, all the all the ings together since we work on the Enrollify Podcast Network together. Yeah, precisely. Quite the opposite. I think formal is the uh, yeah, not the way that I would describe our relationship. But honored, <laughs> honored to be here and trying to uh, trying to be a proper podcast guest and and be as formal as I can. Is this your first podcast as a guest? Or so no? wildly enough, yeah, this is my first uh-huh. time being a guest on a show. And after helping produce about 190 episodes uh, across the Inrolify Podcast Network, this is the first time I've shown up on the podcast network myself. Wow. I think you probably know more about the podcast network than anyone else. And so glad that we finally get to have you in the hot seat, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited for this. It's an honor. Let's get to it, man. What are we talking about today? Cool, dude. Well, I wanted to have you on selfishly just to kind of pick your brain, understand a little bit more about your observations, having produced nearly 200 podcasts as a part of our, our network. And so I thought it'd be fun to just kind of craft a, a larger conversation on why higher ed marketers should care more about podcasts. So there are a few angles I want to hit here. One is thinking about podcasting as like a marketing and recruitment channel. It's something that some folks have experimented with a little bit, but it's still not something that's been wildly adopted as a as a formal strategy for recruitment and marketing. And I think there's some missed opportunities there. Then I was just thinking it'd be fun to chat a little bit about podcast as a networking channel, just selfishly as a, as a higher ed marketer. If you want to expand your brand, your personal brand, your, your network, why podcasting can be a great way of, of doing that. Totally. And then I thought it'd just be fun to hit on some kind of like, you know, this is really where I'd love your thoughts are what, what makes a great podcast? Like what are, what are sort of the, the elements, the, the architecture of a, of a really good show. I think that folks could learn from that for, you know, when they're on a show, if they ever are hosting a show and, or if they're, if their school is, is producing a show. And then finally, just like, how to be a great guest on a podcast. So when you are invited, like what are the things that you should 
come to the table with, come to the conversation with. So that's sort of my my agenda, if you will, for for our time together. Uh, how does that sound? Fantastic, man. Let's dive in. Cool, dude. All right. So let's just kick off with number one here, the podcasting as, as a marketing and recruitment channel. So I've seen a few schools do this, but the beautiful thing about podcasts is you've got the big business shows, you've got the big like news shows, but most podcasts are relatively niche in nature, right? Like the people that are following these shows, I think some of the best podcasts that I follow are, are pretty, are pretty niche. And, mm-hmm. and as such, right, folks build significant affinity and loyalty to, to shows, right? So I know that Pat, Pat, you've got a show that's pretty niche that you follow, right? Yeah. So, and my, my, one of my dirty little secrets is I'm kind of like a astrophysics nerd, um, which is something that doesn't pertain to any other area of my life other than I'm just super <laughs> interested in it. Um, so I follow Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast with, with a great affinity. Uh, Star talk hmm. is the name of that show. And uh, it's all, all topics are very specific to the world of science and astrophysics. And although that's not pertaining to my professional career whatsoever, I yeah. find it fascinating. And yeah, the relationship that you can build with a host, the relationship that you can build with that host's brand is really significant for the listener. And I think that higher ed is in general, maybe five to 10 years behind the rest of the world when it comes to or yeah. the rest of rather other industries when it comes to marketing and utilizing the channels that are out there. And I think that podcasting is one of those areas that is underutilized. We're starting yeah. to see it more and more now. However, I think that it allows you to really yeah, get your brand out there and to really develop a relationship with the listener in a way that other forms of content do not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the reasons why it is such an interesting channel to play with is it allows for it allows for like more nuanced discussion and conversation. So like if you've got a faculty member, right, that represents a you know, biomedical engineering program or something like that, right? That, that you know, is, and if this individual is, is a thought leader in, in that respective field, which hopefully they are, if they're a faculty member at your school, uh, you know, it, getting them on shows, right? Or getting them in, in front of hosts that, that cover those topics, right? Is a really, really, really great way to elevate, obviously their individual brand, but also the brand of, of your respective college or university and helps prospective students who might be interested in a program. Maybe it's a master level program better understand kind of like the character of the faculty that work at that particular school in the context of that program because they totally. at the end of the day especially when it comes to master's programs which a lot of people that follow this show care a lot about marketing grad programs and i you know right now grad is kind of like having this moment as the undergraduate enrollment uh cliff that everyone likes to talk about is you know continues to loom and is, is coming quickly people are turning their focus more towards grad to help make up some of that revenue, quite frankly, that they're losing at the undergraduate level. And so all that is to say is that if you can leverage your faculty, which grad marketers love to to talk about sort of their faculty as their key selling points as uh, why an individual should enroll in their program, if you can leverage them in this really unique way, allow them to kind of speak in long form content, it mm-hmm. just gives prospective students a much better uh, opportunity to understand not just what, you know, what do your fact your faculty actually know, but like their cadence of communication, their style of expressing knowledge, right? Which are all factors that folks should consider before they decide to enroll in, in a master's program. So I think that the medium itself is just well, while niche, right? And while it's not going to give you the breadth that a Google search ad campaign might give you, the the quality of engagement, even though the the reach is small, is certainly worth exploring much more than folks are exploring it now. 
Agree totally. I think quality is the uh, is the key word there. And I think the quality of listener, the quality of individual that's engaging with a podcast that is that niche and that is that is that specific to to a topic is is high quality. Um, yeah, couldn't agree more. You know, in Rollify, we, we have a lot of folks that come on our shows that are in the ed tech space. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I some of the feedback that I always hear from from folks that are guests on our shows is like, hey, after, you know, we came on your show, we got new leads, right? People came in and they and even though even though the conversation was very thought leadership in nature, right? Maybe it was a conversation about, you know, uh, generative AI, or maybe it was a conversation more generally about higher ed technology and where things are going. B- because listeners now have somewhat of an affinity or, or even just like a better understanding of what it is that you do, what it is that you care about as like an ed tech leader, they're more likely if they are already in market, right, for for a new CRM or for mm-hmm. a new technology platform, they're more likely to consider your brand than they would be before. And so what's, what's cool is like that same thing can translate and should translate to how higher ed enrollment managers should think about student recruitment, right? It's like, hey, totally getting your faculty out to these shows, it's it's really just a beautiful way to drive organic inquiries and or, or organic leads, if you will, to your respective programs. Mm-hmm. Because again, it, it, it's sort of like free advertising in the form of, of thought leadership, which which again is what content marketing is all about. It is. And it's helpful. It's helpful content, too, which I think is something to consider and something that to to think about as as the landscape shifts and as you know, Gen Z is now the the target audience. The form of content that they consume and the way that they consume content isn't maybe what the boomer generation is used to. And that's what yeah. a lot of these individuals are that are doing some of the marketing, right? And and that more inbound approach, that more offering up just thought leadership on a topic that is then going to attract an interested prospect, right? And then allow yeah. you to nurture them to the next step of whether that be inquiry or enrollment or whatever it is that you want them to do, book an, book an yeah. appointment with an admissions counselor, right? I think that that is one of the big opportunities that podcasting can have for higher ed and in the right, done the right way, might I add. Yeah. But just that ability to produce content that is helpful and not so in your face. Hey, come to our university. Hey, we have this. Hey, we're better about this. But more so that thought leadership on a specific topic that is relevant to your program or to your school. And I totally, totally agree. I think that there's also an opportunity to kind of like pay to play here, right? So like some people listening here might be like, well, okay, great. Well, my, you know, Dr. Phil, my, my biomedical engineering faculty, he's not going to be able to get on this particular show or that particular show, right? And, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's true. But I do think, and, you know, if you start with niche shows, if you, if you start with, you know, shows that might have a, a, maybe, maybe there's only, you know, 200 listeners per week, but they're really, really engaged listeners, right? That that show, it's probably easier to get on as a guest. And if you can't get on sort of organically, I do think that there's a real opportunity, especially with leveraging your faculty to, to go to these podcasts, right? And offer to pay, right? So like, what does it look mm-hmm. like to say, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to pay you to have Dr. So-and-so on your show. Now, they're, you know, highly regarded as an expert in this particular field, we're, they're not going to be here, you know, pimping out our program, but right, we we want to give you a little cash money to to incentivize you having them on the show. I think that again, this is a totally underutilized tactic that mm-hmm. more folks should should consider. And what it costs, right, in order to get in front of this highly engaged audience, is not going to be significantly more. In fact, it'll probably be significantly less than what you're paying to promote your programs in in other channels and other mediums. Again, the breadth isn't there in terms of like the breadth of reach. But the depth and the quality of reach can bat against any Google ad campaign you might be currently running. 
I totally agree. And, you know, I don't know. I'd be curious to see the data on this, honestly. I'd be curious to see yeah. who's experimenting with this and who actually is having their faculty go out and and try to get on some shows like this and what kind of return on investment they're getting on it. Because I do think yeah. those marketing dollars would be a lot smaller and could go a lot farther in terms of reaching yeah. that audience as well. Yeah, there's there's unfortunately there there aren't like great benchmarks on this. Maybe this yeah. is a, a research project that we should that this we should engage be. in. This could be an Amplify <laughs> research project. We we'll uh, do it for a new one. We just wrapped up yeah. a couple. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, well, cool. Uh, let's talk about podcasting as a networking channel, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I think really what, what what I mean here and what I love any thoughts you have here, Pat, is I really believe going on shows. If you can't host your own show. Right. I do think that there's, there's still more opportunity. There's tons of opportunity with podcasting still. Like if you're like, oh, there are way too many podcasts out there. Why would I host my show? Why would I host, you know, a show myself? There's this beautiful like magic number that uh, producer Rob on our team likes to talk about a lot, which is like, I believe it's the number, the number 14 that like something like a crazy, crazy 70, 80 percent or something. Maybe maybe Robbie has even said 90 percent um, of shows don't get past episode 14. And so all that is to say is that like, if you it's believe even, you it's even own, lower than that, I think it's, it's seven. lower. It's episode seven. Is, is it seven? Oh yeah. Seven. It's something okay, seven it's, around, episodes. it's around. I think around, you're right. Actually. It's around the 50% mark. It's like almost half of shows don't make it past episode seven. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best Azure hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcast.enrollify.org. Maybe it's also, maybe it's, I think it is something like 80 to 90% don't make it past episode 14 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, all that is to say is if you feel like you can, if you can make it to 15 <laughs> episodes, right? Hey, you're, you're, you're already, you're in that top 10%, right? Or, or whatever yeah, it is. That's all, so all I, it takes I, is I still consistency. Think all it takes is consistency. And, uh, you know, some of us are, are better at being consistent than others. Um, <laughs> I have not been as consistent with this particular show as I need to be. Uh, sorry, folks, but um, it's, it's on the it's on the to do list. We're focused it was on, on the, nine others. That's okay. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the network is growing too fast, guys. But all that is to say is, if you if you even if you don't want to or can't host your own show, just finding a topic that you can speak really well on, and to pat, pat your earlier point of like being really niche and specific with the topic, finding whatever that topic is that you believe. Uh, best right or, or most closely aligns with your brand and your professional mm -hmm. brand nail nail that like podcast interview like what are the questions that you know that you could answer really really well that sure. do align with what you want to do and almost like workshop it and then go and and <laughs> not to use pimp twice in one episode but then go and pimp <laughs> yourself out to these other shows and it, like hosts are always looking for great guests right and again as, as somebody who has hosted a number of, of different podcasts i think I think across a number of areas, I've hosted over 500 podcasts. Finding great guests is is really hard. Sometimes you have to settle for guests that aren't that great just to keep the show rolling. And if you find when you do find a great guest, right, it is it is it is a night and day difference. When the pitches come in, and we get pitched a lot of like, "Hey, we want this person to be on your show" or whatever. 
if you if you can craft a great podcast pitch that again very very clearly articulates who you are why you're you know what you want to talk about and why you're qualified to talk about that and if you do so in a way that's even like slightly quippy and a little bit fun you're going to get our attention and like you you are somebody that I would want to come on the show so if you if you figure this out for yourself and you, you again it's got to be a topic you care about it's got to align with what mm-hmm. you're good at then you just go, you do the podcast circuit before you know it, your network is going to expand dramatically. And I've seen this happen with many of the people that we've built shows around in our, in our own network, they get job offers, right? At, at major institutions because of, you know, the podcast that, you know, we, we helped create for them. Uh, anyways, I'll shut up now, but w- what are your thoughts on, on this as a networking channel? No, totally. And I think to expand upon that a little bit too, you know, you talked about just finding finding good guests and, and kind of pimping yourself out and finding those topics that you're really able to focus on. And I think one of the benefits too, and one of the things that we here at the Enrollify Podcast Network have seen a lot of success with is even building upon those relationships and expanding out to multiple episodes. And so one of the mm. things that we've seen a lot of success with, you know, Zach is doing like four part mini series that focused, yeah. you know, as an in-depth conversation on a topic. Ideally your podcast, you know, if you want to really retain the listener's attention, it's probably somewhere between that 25-minute mark and that 35-minute mark. Once you go beyond yeah. that, it's hard It's hard to retain for the entirety of the episode. So really, if you're dealing with a topic, let's just say like generative AI, for example, that requires a much more in-depth conversation, using that relationship and building upon it and and creating something like a mini-series where you do a two-part, epi- you know, two-part episode or you do a four-part yeah. mini-series and then you get to really dig in to a topic and really showcase that thought leadership. It's just something that we've seen a lot of success with. And it's something that I could see higher ed utilizing a little bit more as well. It doesn't always have to be a one-off that, that relationship can continue in a multitude of different ways. That's really well said. And again, I think that there, if you're, if you're a podcaster out there and you're listening to this episode, I actually think from a, I mean, I don't even think I, I know from, from like a, from a revenue standpoint and from sort of a, a sellability, if you will, standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, being able to sell these sort of like mini series is, is really, really, really helpful because one, it allows your partner to give a much more comprehensive overview of kind of like what their expertise is outside of just a standard 35 to 40 minute, you know, pod interview. And then what it also does to your point, Pat, for the listener is it takes them on a journey to help them really understand the topic, right? And, and they walk away, like, you know, we, we did one of these with Element 451 just recently. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, we, we still get emails and DMs from people being like, wow, thank you so much. Like, I finally understand what like prompt engineering is. And like, oh, wow, like this was such, it was so interesting to hear kind of like the history of this and the fact that like these, you know, natural language natural language models um uh, actually <laughs> yeah. came from came from academia I, every, every time i say it, every time i say that i'm like I don't, I don't, I don't. seashells, <laughs> seashells by the seashore sort of a situation it is it is oh gosh um yeah and i feel like even with like chat gpt some at one point i heard somebody say chat pgt and for like a while that was stuck in my head and it's just so embarrassing um it's terrible but anyways all that is, all that is to say is that like you know, people, people really do, if you, if you can craft these cool series, it helps focus your own content as a creator. It also is, again, a, an easier thing to kind of partner with somebody on or sell. And it's just super, super valuable for the listener. So, um, yeah, yeah. Lo- love, love the mini series approach. And then ultimately I just, you know, we, we have data. It's not even anecdotal. It's like real data of folks who've, you know, been, who've created shows. They, start interviewing people, they start building their network. And then before they know it, they're getting calls and job offers that Mm -hmm. they 
never thought they would have had otherwise. And so that's just another powerful thing about, you know, this this medium. It is. And kind of what you're what you're talking about is is positioning yourself next to existing thought leaders and kind of increasing mm. your authority in the space. Um, mm. I think, well, maybe not directly talking about it, but I think indirectly, that's kind of what you're referring to. Uh, and part of that, yeah, with podcasting, when you bring on a guest, that is maybe a subject matter on a topic that you are not a subject matter expert on, or maybe, you know, a good bit about, but you're not quite there yet. When you bring in somebody and you have that conversation with them in the, in the eyes and in the ears of the listeners, you are kind of putting yourself on a parallel platform mm. as an individual that mm. you're in, that you're interviewing right so you're it's an opportunity to increase your authority in a specific space or on a specific topic in the eyes of your network and so when you talk about yeah. growing your personal brand and growing your personal network podcasting can be a tremendous opportunity to do that even if you're not an expert on the subject you can bring in yeah. somebody that is you can expand your authority and that can lead to a lot of opportunities whether that be you know whatever whether that be an increased you know number of potential buyers for your product or, you know, yeah. higher ed and increased application pool or, you know, even leading to an opportunity in, in your career. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, you know, we, we have, I believe it's like the largest podcast network of marketing and uh, admission shows in higher ed. If there's a larger one out there, I'm I, not aware of it. Yeah. Somebody uh, let us know, please. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but what's, uh, but what's kind of crazy, right. Is like, you know, I, who have hosted the Enrollify podcast for the last, you know, two and a half, uh, three years now, I've never worked in higher ed, right? And, mm -hmm. and I've, I've never actually been a higher ed marketer at an institution, right? And yet, like, Enrollify has been able to earn a lot of credibility simply because of all the great people that we've talked to, right? Like, totally. that's kind of case in point to, to what you're saying, Pat. Totally agree. Yeah, if anybody needs an example, becoming an authority in the space, look no further than your host of the Enrollify podcast. Zach Boozacruz. <laughs> exactly, exactly. To be fair, though, um, to be fair, though, you are an inbound marketing guru um, and expert. So that yeah, is, sure. is transferable. You know, we've worked. Yeah, of course. And you know, we've worked. I've spent the last like almost ten years working on higher ed marketing campaigns for clients at yes. colleges and universities. So of course that you know, yeah. There, I know, I know a little bit, um, at least. A thing or <laughs> but, two. But, but the point, the point being, right? Like, yeah. The point being, though, that um, you know, I've never, never actually, you know, worked in higher ed proper, and a lot of people that tune into the show uh, are, are you know, practitioners and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, but the, la the last thing I want to say on networking, Pat, and if you want to say anything else, feel free to chime in. The last thing I would just say too is like. One of the crazy things that happens when you're on podcasts, if, if the if the host, if, if the show that you're joining like is is at least like somewhat decent, is they should like share your post on social media, right? Mm -hmm, or in another mm -hmm. format beyond the actual conversation. And when that share happens, you have this opportunity, like whether it's on LinkedIn or Twitter, you have this opportunity to, to you know, be seen by people that they might never even listen to the podcast, right? They might not even listen to the show. They might not even be, they might, you know, they could care less about the actual podcast that you're on, mm -hmm. but that share, right? And when they tag you, all of a sudden, all the impressions that that post gets, it it also helps you like broaden your network. Again, they're not, you know, an individual might not, might not listen to your actual episode, but if they see, like if I, you know, if I was on Pat Gomez's show and people see that I'm on Pat Gomez's show and Pat Gomez is a, you know, reputable uh, higher education marketer, that, that instantly changes the perception that they have of Zach, even if they aren't already subscribed to Pat's show. Totally. So that's, uh, you know, just another point I wanted to make there on the power of networking that these, that this, you know, channel and totally. these mediums offer. 
Yeah, I won't harp on it, but I mean, nail on the head there. That's something that we preach to all of our all of our hosts and within the network is, you know, tapping into your guest's network and, and encouraging them to share the episode, encouraging them to to spread that amongst their followers and, and yeah, and their network and growing your own personally by tapping into theirs. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, dude. Uh, all right, let's let's transition. I want to hear your thoughts, Pat, on mm-hmm. um, how to create a great podcast. So again, you've helped produce uh, nearly 200 episodes as part of our network now, which is insane. You've, you know, listened to tons of you know, most of these episodes, at least at least, you know, half of these, you've you work with producer Rob pretty closely. So I like what what are some things that you've learned, right about how to how to how to sort of create a, a really good show? Yeah, totally. So yeah, having been hypersaturated in this uh, in this field here for the last couple of years, I, there's just a couple of points that I wanted to that I wanted to touch on. One, I think being, let's just start at the beginning of the episode. Um, yeah. A couple things I'll hit on. First would be your intro and outro. I think it's important to have consistency uh, from a branding perspective and just from from a personal perspective in your intro yeah. and outro. I really like it when hosts are uh, are consistent with the way that they open a show, are consistent with the way that they close the show. I think it develops a it helps you develop a relationship with the audience and I think it helps mm. it helps to provide some brand consistency for you as well. So, one, I think crafting a clever or witty or at least just a consistent and clean intro and outro is mm. important for any podcast and I think it adds a level of professionalism as well. And I think expanding upon the uh, the intro and the outro, the first thing that you do when you open up a podcast episode after you do the, intro, the general you know introduction and opening of the show is introducing your guests. And I think that this yeah. is an area where I have seen the most sway in terms of what works and what really doesn't work. And I think the biggest mistake a new host can make, and even a veteran host, we've seen plenty of veteran hosts do this, is letting the guest introduce themselves. Um, hmm. It just rarely goes well. I think the best thing mm. that you can do is open up a show and and remember that we don't need your guest's life story. We're here to talk about a specific topic. And let's make sure that our introduction of, of them is relevant to that topic. Everything else, they may have done a bunch of other things, but that may not be relative to what you're talking about, right? We don't need to know. Yeah. We don't need to know. Hey, tell us about yourself. Okay, well, you know, hey, I was born in... I was born in Lubbock, Texas at the, you know, in 1991 and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Then I went to high school here, college here. Then I got my first job doing this in marketing and then I moved here and then I left higher. You know, I've seen that. dude. I've seen intros go like five minutes and it is just, oh, God, like you lose me. You lose me and you lose yeah. everybody. Right. So, yeah. Introduce. Wait, can, your I, guests. Can, I, can I say oh, just one thing there, too? Hit me. I think I think what's what's so hard about that is. Like uh, as a as a host, like you want to give your guests the opera. Like it seems appropriate to be like, Pat, like, please, like, tell us about yourself. Like, and, and it almost seems like a gracious, like generous offer. But in actuality, it's like the worst thing that you can do for Pat, because the reality is Pat doesn't know, like, he, he doesn't necessarily know how to concisely talk about himself. So at best, he might like read through his, you know, 50 to 100 word, like, you know, um, a summary of uh, on his LinkedIn profile of like, I'm Pat Gomez. I'm a growth manager here at Enrollify, and this is blah, 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 what I do. That's like at best. At worst, to your point, he's going to tell you his whole life story. And I think what's really hard is people generally are bad at talking about themselves in a way that's helpful to the listener. People tend to, when they, when they want to talk about themselves, they, they're, they're constantly thinking about, okay, how do, how do I say something interesting? Or like, how do I, you know, stay true to who I am? Or people overthink 
when they're asked to explain who they are. It, it's actually one of the hardest questions to answer, right? And unless you've had serious, serious practice, you're going to suck at it. And most of us do suck at it. So it's actually not generous and not helpful to have your guest interview or introduce themselves. It's actually something it, it actually hurts them because most of the time they end up kind of looking stupid or either just or just looking like or boring. Wow, this death. person's talking forever. I don't care. Yeah. Like who care? I don't even know what the director of undergraduate recruitment with a specialist in marketing with a specialist in videography. Like what the hell does that job title even mean? I don't yeah. care. Right. <laughs> Get back to talking about why I should be including video in my conflows. So yeah. anyways, don't think right? That it's, it's you doing your guest a favor. Mm -hmm. You're actually not doing them a favor. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Continue. No, I think you said it better than I could. Totally, totally my point there. Get to the point, introduce them, you know, give some clean, concise bullet points that are relevant to the topic and then get into your show. Your yeah. listeners are here to listen to the show, not to, not to hear somebody's life story. Right. So yeah. good, nice, clean intro. Get the guest introduction out of the way quickly. Give them an opportunity. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Give them an opportunity to say thanks, and then dive into your topic. I think that that's kind of the biggest thing that I can that I can preach on the start of the episode, and then from there, I really think where I've seen the most success and just at a basic level is not trying to cram in too much. Um, mm. You know, this mm. is a tip from Rob. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim that I that I quoted this one, but you know, Rob always says four to six questions is really kind of your max if you're producing a good podcast episode if you're writing good questions you don't need to have a list of yeah. 10 or 15 questions for your guests you just need four yeah. to six good ones that you can really yeah. dig into and you can provide some meaningful context to so i think don't try to cram in too much you know keep it interesting keep it clean keep it quick and your audience is going to be retained if you do those things yeah. and i just the numbers the numbers don't lie you know we've got our platforms we can go and we can see when the audience drops off, we can see how long they listen to each episode. And man, when you've got yeah. that kind of 30 minute ish episode and you've got a good, just four clean questions and the conversation stays interesting and it leaves the, it leaves the listener feeling like they gained something, but also wanting more, those yeah. people are going to come back and they're going to listen to the next episode. And so don't try to cram in too much. That would be advice. Tip number three from me. I love that last one too, because I, it's something that I really struggle with, especially if you're talking to somebody that's really interesting and mm -hmm. they've done a lot. Mm -hmm. The temptation is oh, I want to hear, I do want to talk about like Pat's life story. And I, I do want to talk about these like 10 different things that I find interesting, but at the same time, right. It, it's, it's impossible to go deep on 10 things in the context of even an hour. Right. Totally. So limiting yourself is, is yeah. super, super crucial. And if the content's there and if the, and if there's enough interesting things to talk about there, then that's when you bring that individual back for that part two, or that's when you create yeah. a mini series around that topic with that individual and maybe bring in a third party that can also contribute yeah. to it. Right. So that's, there's the opportunity to expand, but I think, you know, you just got to remember the medium. You got to remember what the audience is doing. They're probably driving to work while they're listening to you or they're at home yeah. and they've got it on YouTube in the background or something like that, you know? Unless you're Joe Rogan, don't do a two-hour podcast. I don't know how I don't know how he keeps things interesting for that long, but he's, he's somehow found a way to do it. But in my opinion, it higher ed enrollment marketing hard to keep things interesting yeah. for two hours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. And w one last thing I'd say on this point too is um, ask about like frame the conversation if you're the host, right? Frame the conversation around what you find interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, I think sometimes there's this temptation to want to talk about what, you know, Pat's biggest achievements or whatever. But if you, if you don't really care about, you know, Pat 
when he was an enrollment manager at University X, but you really want to understand how he got an ad for his university in Times Square on New Year's Eve. And like, that's like the more interesting thing that you want to talk about, even it's even if it's not the thing he's like most mm-hmm. well known for. Ask about that, because if, if you're if you are genuinely interested in an aspect of your of your interviewee, the conversation is just way, way more interesting for everybody. You enjoy yourself more. Your listener enjoys themselves more. And of course, your, your guest enjoys themselves more. If you're interested, your listeners will be interested. If you're not, nor will they. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is this sort of brings us to the the last kind of core topic I wanted to chat about today, Pat, which was just around how to be a great guest on a podcast. And I think we've we've danced around this a little bit already. But mm-hmm. uh, any kind of quick thoughts on as you've listened to again nearly two hundred uh, enrolled five podcast episodes and helped work on them? What what have been the, who have been like the guests? You don't necessarily need to name names, but what stands out about the guests about the guests that have been really, really good um, as opposed to some that that uh, that might have been uh, uh, less less than good? Yeah, you know, there's there's a handful of things that come to mind, but really think of it in the way that you would think of public speaking. And generally, the people that are good at public speaking, the people that know how the the people that know when to stop talking tend to Mm. be really good guests. The people that don't over elaborate and the folks that just know when to not say too much, I think, are really good mm. guests. Cadence is another thing. The pacing, the delivery of your speech can go a yeah. long way. It's an audio first you know, platform, obviously, podcasting. And so, you know, I see a lot of people that I don't know if it's flustered or whatnot, but folks that talk too fast, folks that just tend yeah. to 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 let information roll out almost quicker than you can consume it and really receive it and process it before moving on to the next thing. Yeah, knowing how to interact with your host, I think would be another one for me. Knowing how to just have a conversation and a banter. The folks that mm. get in there and that sound really stiff and that, that sound super rehearsed to me are always a, a little bit off-putting. I think those individuals that are just good conversationalists and know how to keep things casual, but professional and on topic and on brand always tend yeah. to be really good, really good guests. Um so I, I feel like, though, that you would probably be better at answering this question than I would, Zach. You've, again, hosted, I don't know how many podcasts. I think we've said something around 500. You have interviewed a ton of people. Like, give me the good, the bad, and the ugly. What have been, mm. start with the bad, actually, if you can. <laughs> you obviously, don't name names, but what have been some situations where you've just had a bad guest that you don't want to invite back? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. The first thing that actually comes to mind is, I, um, I used to, so for a while I would send people like questions and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, Pat, I'm going to hop on a call. Like, let's hop on a podcast next week. Here are some questions I'd like to ask you. And I, I honestly have a love hate relationship with giving questions ahead of time. And the reason for that is because some of the worst guests I've ever had on have answered my questions perfectly. Meaning they took the questions I gave them. They literally, it's almost like they, you know, we're writing an essay response or put something like that. They, they perfectly answered. You put them into, yeah, this is before <laughs> chat GPT was even around. This is in the early days, but like basically it was so rehearsed. It mm-hmm. was so polished. It, it was like a talking point for president Biden. Like it like that. That's, that's how it, you know, sometimes it feels when you give people the questions ahead of time. So, so then I, so then I was like, well, never mind. You know, screw that. Um, I'm not going to give questions ahead of time. And then I'd have conversations where people would be like caught off guard. Cause I'd ask, a pretty pointed question like hey i really want to understand why do you think your video ads you know 
perform significantly better than your competition when you're spending, you know, the same amount as they are on YouTube ads or, or something like I'd ask a very specific question and they'd be like, Oh, I don't know. Like I think our brand just, you know, really stands out and, and you get like a fluffy sure. answer. Mm-hmm. And that's not because, you know, they don't, it's not because that, that individual is not smart. It's just because they didn't really have the time to like think through why. And they're trying to answer for the very first time. So all that is to say is coming up with the right questions to give to your guest is really hard to do ahead of time if you're going to give them any questions at all. I'm kind of of the mindset now that you do give questions, but you know, you you give them I I give them like 24 to 48 hours ahead of time, no more, because if you give it too much time then they have too much time to prepare. You overthink it. So 24 right. to 48 hours ahead of time. Um and, and you 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 make it clear like hey, these are some like starter questions that I want to have to kind of get us going. So I I might give them the first three questions and be like, "All right, Here's, here's how we're going to kick off the conversation. From here, we're going to see how things go. And that seems to be like a, a, a good, that seems to be working well, at least at least right now. Sure, yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but that creates a nice organic conversation. You know, the guest is going to be yeah. prepared, but they're not going to be overanalyzing. And much like I pointed out with bad guests that I've, you know, experienced, they're not going to be super rehearsed and it's not going to sound rigid yeah. and robotic and fake almost, you know, you want that personal aspect of it. You know, when you, again, we've been talking about this medium and we're developing a relationship with the listeners. And, and when you get that super rehearsed response, like you said, it just feels like you're watching a press release or something like that, or listening yeah, to exactly. listening to NPR. And that's not what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're here on a podcast. We're being a little bit more yeah. informal and we're, and we're sticking to the topic and having some fun with it. Hopefully. So yeah, totally agree. So, so- and to answer your question a little bit more concisely, I would just say that like the bad guess, mm-hmm. right? Like the worst, the worst opportunity, the, the worst you could be on a podcast is if you already have your answers and you're basically like reading off of a, you know, uh, Google doc yep. while you're, be- while you're being interviewed, that's the absolute worst. You know, the, the other thing that I would throw into like the worst category is just when you come onto a show with like low energy, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to be boring, like an extrovert. You don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to be like loud and like over exaggerative. Like you don't have to not be yourself. But if you come to a, a podcast interview and you're just kind of like low energy, it's it's like really hard to listen to. You. It's off putting. And like it is it is. And even if you even if you're really, really, really smart, but you kind of come on with like. I don't know, like attitude and it, the worst is attitude and right, like uh, not engaging. Uh, that's that's the absolute like worst. Like I just want to like kind of like you know tune you out if you're low energy and you kind of have like a you know stank face kind yeah. of like about you. Yeah, uh, that that's just it's just and it doesn't it, at that point it doesn't matter how smart you are. It's I just can't listen to you. Like it's just tough. Have Maybe you, that's just a personal preference. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm right there with you. Um, let me ask you: Have you had guests? And I think I know the answer to this, but have you had guests that were so bad? that you didn't publish an episode. Yeah, I have. And that's, and but, but, but I would say not as frequently as you'd think, because there've been so many times where it's like our production calendar is like running tight and we need to get an episode out. Right. Or whatever. And I'm being like, whatever, like, let's just push this. Um, so honestly, there are episodes I wish never aired. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I won't, okay. I won't give you any more. And, and uh, uh, well, we're honestly, getting away like from that. that that's now. just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're getting away yeah. from forcing that. Cause oh, now that gosh. we, now that we have our calendar filled with other shows when there's some fantastic, exactly. You know, shameless plug here. Some fantastic and rollify podcast network shows out there right now. We just launched a there couple are. new ones. Talking tactics with day kibbles. We've got, I want to work yeah. there with Eddie Francis confessions of a higher ed CMO with Jamie hunt. I mean, we have got some bangers out there. So 
yeah, yeah, we do. There's no we reason do. for so us that's to That's what people out. should go. <laughs> Bad content. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was definitely earlier on. Um, the other th- the other thing I'll just a couple last things on just guests on get being guests on podcasts because I think the majority of you who are listening to this conversation, you're probably not going to start your own podcast, but all of you should go be a guest on a podcast again mm-hmm. if you care about you know increasing your network if you care about just even even like putting in the reps maybe maybe one day you want to speak at a conference right or maybe maybe you you do speak at conferences regularly but you've never diversified you know your your content material in the context of podcasting these are these are really good tips for you to pay attention to so beyond like you know being low energy like don't be low energy if you have to go and like do some push-ups or go like you know do a quick run or whatever like drink a soda you know whatever you got to do before you get on 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 the pod even if you kind of have to fake being like excited mm-hmm. fake it till you make it people like the, your audience will the audience will feed off of that and they'll take you way more seriously and they'll have they'll have more fun with you totally one tip that i can give for that too if that is something that you yeah. struggle with and you're going to be a guest on an episode smile and that is mm. it, it sounds silly but just just smiling whether you're whether you're on stage whether you're having a conversation with somebody or you know whether you're delivering a speech in front of a lot of people whether you're a musician they tell the same things to singers uh smile yeah. same things to dancers watch dancing with the stars those guys are always smiling right it it elevates yeah. the rest of your body language it's hard to smile and slouch and have poor posture mm. and it's hard to smile and speak with a monotone demeanor um, so yeah, a little thing yeah. and also just keep in mind too, podcasting is such a low stress, low pressure medium. If you are a guest and you're new and you're nervous, that's okay. Being nervous is okay. But with the magic of editing, yeah. you can fix a lot of things. You know, if your episode goes poorly, if you stutter, don't worry about it, man, stop, restart. And we yeah. can just chop that yeah. thing right out. There's a moment earlier on in this episode where I get super parched. You're not going to know it ever happened, but I did. I coughed. It took about 35 <laughs> seconds and we got back to it. And that's the beauty of editing. Exactly. It is. It is the beauty of editing. Um, the other thing I, I would just say, too, is if you want to be a really great guest, find find a way to try to make it really feel like a conversation yeah. and not an interview. Yeah. Right. Yep. There, there's there is this incredible, pro- maybe the best I have heard. So I'm a big fan of the My First Million podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Parr, who's the founder of The Hustle, who sold the HubSpot, you know, media company. They're they're a, they were a competitor. They are a competitor to like Morning Brew, for instance, right? HubSpot bought them. They have this cool show, um, but it's it's actually Sam's co-host, Sean Purry, who he was he uh, was you know at Twitch for a while. He his startup had been acquired by Twitch. He's sort of just you know now seen as kind of like an internet kind of famous investor slash creator. Uh, anyhow. Sean did an interview with um, Hassan Minaj and who, the comedian. Okay. And I and do you know? Do you know? I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I don't know. I, I don't know who that is. I, don't know I who think that it's is. Hus- so. Uh, so you, you'd probably recognize him. He did sure. a Netflix show um, called. Yeah, I don't know. It was basically like uh, his version of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, but it was called something else. Okay. Anyways, it was a Netflix show. It didn't, you know, it was canceled. He's actually done a couple of like Netflix, like standups now. He's sort of like an up and coming uh, Indian uh, uh, comedian. I think I, I he's think just I know, like, but yeah, he's, he's, he's young. He's cool. He's kind of got like this rep for being like funny, but also just like really smart. Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, he's kind of building out a cool little media empire for himself. Anyhow, uh, if you're not familiar with Hassan Minaj, go just Google him. But he um, he did an interview on the My First Million podcast with Sean Purry. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting about that, I, w- I would highly recommend everyone, even if you don't care about 
business podcast at all, even if you don't care about Hasan Minhaj at all, go listen to this interview because the way, you know, Hasan's the guest on, on this, you know, interview, this podcast interview, but the way that that conversation moves and unfolds and sort of takes twists and turns, you almost, if you were just listening to that episode, you, you probably wouldn't know who the host was, mm-hmm. right? Like who the interviewee was. And I, it was like a two hour, it was crazy. It was super long. I listened intently to every word in that podcast the way that the cadence was between these two folks the way that Hassan wasn't afraid to give context he said like I don't know like five times like he's like you know honestly I have no idea like I don't even know how to answer your question cool which was like so refreshing because yeah. people fake it till you you know people fake shit all the time mm-hmm. they 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 come back with things that or or they just repeat things that they've heard because they want to sound like decently intelligent they don't we're, we're all kind of scared of sounding stupid no and Hassan like in this interview just like does a really good job at like not like not caring and yeah. it but it's so respectful it's such an interesting conversation so highly highly recommend giving it a listen but all that is to say it's a very very long way of saying right that if you can make the conversation feel sorry if you can make if you can make the interview feel like a conversation and not just in an interview that's going to be a win for your host it's going to be a win for for the audience and therefore it'll also be a win for you sold <laughs> coming 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 from the, the the podcast host master himself zach booza cruz you heard it here first that's how you get it done uh, <laughs> well dude um this has been fun uh any any sort of last things you want to leave the uh the audience with today i feel like we, we covered a lot hopefully folks walk away with uh some some good value here but hey, anything else you want to add no i think we've hit the nail on the head i appreciate you having me this has been fun to join and looking forward to the opportunity maybe to get on here and and speak a little bit more in the future Awesome, man. Well, you are welcome, sir. Anytime. Um, you, you know, you have a lot of influence uh, these oh. days. You can just decide to not like you know, publish these episodes. That's true. You, know, I you, guess. you have a lot of control. I could sabotage the um, entire network if I so pleased. <laughs> you could. Uh, if you've got any complaints about the Enrollify <laughs> podcast network, please direct them to yeah. pat p a t at enrollify.org. It's Patrick. Actually, but, it's Patrick. I shouldn't have. Oh, it's Patrick. Yeah, Patrick at enrollify.org. <laughs> If you have any compliments, send them my way. You can send your complaints to Zach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, dude, thank you so much for what you do. And, and in all seriousness, if you're listening in and you have, you know, been following us for a while, if you've listened to other shows on our network, if you want to be on one of our shows, too, mm-hmm. and you just want to, like, practice, like, hey, like, you know, hit us up. Yeah, we man. might be able to find kind of a, a good show for you. And Pat, Pat might be able to find a good show for you. And if you've got a topic that you really feel like you've fleshed out and you think that you've you know got some good thought leadership behind it you want to be known for this come come do some reps with us totally, um totally. open invitation to anyone tuning in find us find us on linkedin patrick gomez here with enrollify or you can you can uh, send us an inquiry directly from the enrollify website or email either one of us we'd love to put you in touch with some of our hosts we'd love to get you on awesome thanks everyone for tuning in thanks pat for joining us thank you Hey all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. 
but Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.